0: Great, thank you. Let me open us in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this morning, beautiful morning here in Utah, and we're just blessed with um, your your grace and your mercy and um, those things that you have done for us and the uh, continual provisions that you provide. We're blessed with this body of believers uh, that we can unite, come together, still and um, fellowship, read your word, study your word, and Uh, live our lives and practice of it together, Lord. I pray that we can all um, get a lot out of our study this morning and out of the sermon today as we lift up Pastor Mark and the uh, message that he'll deliver, and we just thank you. Um, Lord, may we lift our voices as we sing together, and may we do this as a unit, as one, and as a body. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Thanks, Mike, for getting us started there. Um so as Paul continues to go through our letter uh that he wrote again I keep reminding us Mark keeps reminding us um the letter to Rome was the church that he didn't start so he had a lot of information um that needed passed to them he wasn't sure of the foundation that was that they were built on and um I I fully believe this is all the things that he taught the churches he did start and he was able to, to be there in person, and he spent um, uh, quite a bit of time with each one of them, and uh, the fellowship and the members, and he was able to go through this step by step by step, um, just so they would understand, and that they would grasp it, and then they could teach it to others. And now in Romans, we're getting that um, written out, because uh, he wasn't there, and he didn't want to wait any longer to deliver this message to him uh like he wanted to so badly in person he he wanted to make sure they had it from the beginning um, and looking through through acts as we did um, we recognized where where Paul probably wrote this letter and um he he did it quickly for what's in there for how much meat and and potatoes there are in this letter um, this you know would have taken any of us. Couple decades to write and make sure it's uh, this this well presented. So as we've gone through um, all the chapters up to six now, um, these three verses just refer back to what he's already taught, refer back to what we've learned together, and and what he's wanting the church to understand and pick up. Um, specifically, the verses just just right before it uh, matter the most, but all the context obviously does apply to this and matter as well. Um, So in 12, we see that he starts off, therefore. Obviously, we're looking back onto what uh, Mike just read on 8 through 11, um, and bits and pieces before that too. But we're, we're considering what he just explained, and then we're moving forward with that. So Christ died, and he died to sin once for all. We went over that. Um, he, he did it as a payment. He did it as the perfect one who lived and fulfilled uh, the holy life. And, and he's done that. Um, and he died, and now he lives to God. And we are supposed to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ as well. So, 12, he's saying, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its lust. So this is a commandment that Paul's given us. He's uh, directing us what to do. This isn't a um, polite suggestion. It's not a, uh, if you want to be a, a good guy, this is what you should do. Um, this, this, is, this is a commandment. And he said it probably sternly um, as he was saying it to the scribe, writing it out and, and saying it in person. Um, I'm, I'm sure he would have been very uh, stern with that as well. Um, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body uh, is, is how I imagine he would have said it. Um, our first bullet point there, if sin continues to reign, if sin continues to reign in your mortal body, you are a slave to sin. Um, we're looking at the two different natures once again that we went over. Um, the the Adam, nature that we're all born into, that we don't have necessarily the option to choose at birth because that's why we're alive, because we're in the Adam nature. Uh, we went over that in depth in the last chapter and, and before that, and it's important, and Paul made sure to set that out before us ahead of time so that we understood that. Um, but there are two natures, and Christ is the second nature, uh, it can't come before the first nature for us. It was his first nature and only nature. Um, and Paul is referring to dying to sin as dying to that nature in Adam. Um, that when that was put to death, as we talked about before on the cross, uh, so so was our nature. Um, the moment that we become believers, that we're regenerated, and uh, the Holy Spirit works in our hearts, we are um, of a new nature, right? We're, we're in Christ now. We're no longer that slave to um, the nature of sin. Uh, we cannot be slaves to sin because sin is no longer master over us. We were slaves once um, when we were in our, our flesh, because we had no other option. That's what we were basically born to do at that point, is we are born into sin, and we, we didn't have another option not to sin. When Christ died, we died on the cross to sin, uh, because our life is is no longer ours, but it's His. Um, if I can get someone to flip to Galatians 2.20, I know we've read that before, but it's just awesome and beautiful and a great passage to memorize. Um, when when our life changes our mortal life no longer matters and and lives the way it did before it dies to that way and it becomes the way of Christ himself galatians 2:20 who's got that okay amen yeah beautiful beautiful verse um and it's one that we should we should live by that daily as a reminder because that is what happened, and Paul's expressing that for us in Scripture so that we can live by that too. So today we live with a new master; um, we are free from the nature of Adam. Again, it's not that that nature; it's not that sin isn't there, but it's not that master over us. So Paul is reiterating here in verse twelve um, that. The commandment is: Do not let, and let's important. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its lust. We gotta uh, acknowledge that sin is still present. Um, it's not gone, and it would be great if it was, and it will be um, when we uh, are glorified with Christ, and and we won't have to deal with that part of ourselves anymore. Um, Obedience to the flesh is no longer our only option um, as we are living right now. Our our mortal body, as we're all still here, has not died, not yet. And our mortal body was born into the nature of Adam, um, which was the sinful nature. So our minds are renewed, our hearts are new. God's taken out our our heart of stone and given us a heart of flesh so that uh, we have a new nature within us. But this, this body of ours, it's still the mortal body we were born with. And it is still very, very sinful um, in m- many ways and, and leads us in many ways um, with its own desires, right? Um, and that is what it likes to do. And generally, we like to give into that because it usually makes us feel good in some way, mentally or physically, or sometimes even spiritually we might feel good if we just give in to what our body wants. It just depends on, on what the situation is. Paul here is talking about a decision that's beyond our mortal flesh. Um, as we were once in Adam, that's all we could do was say, oh, there's a burrito. I want a burrito, you know, and oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it was, it, we just did... What we wanted to do, because why not? There, there was what, what was the other option? Why would we? Why would we do the opposite? There was no reason, no reason to do the the opposite. <clears throat> but now we have a choice, because we are freed from that master of sin, and we have a new master. And if we choose sin, it will reign in us if we continue to choose sin, um, and. And as we continue to choose it, we are guilty of disobeying our Lord. So before, where sin was our master, and we followed sin as, as our flesh and ourselves, we just followed ourselves around everywhere, um, now, now we serve our, our living God. Um, and as we decide to make sinful choices in life, um, we have the option not to obey our flesh. We have the option to obey Christ. And we know what that is because of, of this. We know what it is because we have Scripture laid out in front of us now. Um, Paul was giving it to them in the form of a letter so that they would know as well. There's, there's so much packed into just Romans, but we, we get a lot um, from the very beginning of this Bible till the end. Um, and so continuing to disobey it, if we are not actually saved, It's just feeding into our flesh, and it's just adding to our condemnation. If we are saved, it's directly disobeying our Lord um, and, and putting like another strike against you. Although your sins have been paid for, you gotta remember that that sin that you just committed this moment was something that Christ paid for on the cross. And he got whipped for that, and he got beat for that, and he had lashings for that, and he got nailed to a cross and hung for that sin that we just committed as a believer. So Paul is saying, do not, do not let sin reign. Now, we're going to sin, and we know that, and as believers, we want to acknowledge it. We want to not um, fight the authority of Scripture, but acknowledge it um, and ask God. We, we offer it up to Him, and we ask Him to forgive us for that. We ask Him to change um, our, our fleshly desires so that we don't do that again. And we might, but as believers, we have that ability to, to recognize it and um, to ask God forgiveness and to continue to try to live uh, a, a more righteous life, um, one that is pleasing to Him. So Paul's pointing that out, that we're, we just we just can't let it continue without trying to do anything else about it. Remember, we're in sanctification. This this is past the part where, where we are the believer and, and now he's working within us to strengthen us. Why? To glorify him, to bring along other believers, to bring along our children, um, to be able to preach the message and uh, share the good news. And, and that is how Christ continues to grow his church through all of us. Um, and it's, it's important that we realize that this is here in front of us and that we do have decisions every day, more than we even recognize. The more we get to know Scripture, then the more we do recognize the, uh, the sinful decisions that maybe we've been making and are unaware of it. Um, and I know that, that happens throughout uh, the growth of, of believers as they continue to um, study and read and fellowship with others. It continues to build uh, your knowledge of um, how sinful we are. I remember as a new new believer, it was the thought of sinning was, oh yeah, you know, I did a couple things and uh, they weren't too good and um, I'm, I'm glad I'm forgiven. And then as you start to understand and read and study scripture more, uh, it was more than just a couple things. It, it was more than just maybe a lifestyle you lived for five or six or ten years. It was Um, more than that, it it goes back to when you're you're a little itty-bitty child and it comes right up to the moment of salvation. You're still still a sinner and you still have continued to live and sin in certain ways. Um, So again, it's really good to go through this slowly like we are uh, because you can read through that. And again, I love reading through Romans quick um, because there's so much there and it's just, it's exciting and it keeps building up. But stopping to slow down and and pick apart what Paul's laying out here is it was important for that church. And it's important for us to do the same thing. So it's it's really good to recognize all that. Any thoughts or comments on on verse twelve? Okay. We'll speak up anytime. Verse 13. We can jump into that, and do not go on presenting the members of your body as to sin, presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. Okay, we can look at a couple verses here, but what are the members of your body that Paul is talking about? What What do you guys... Let's get some feedback from the class here. What are some of those members that Paul's talking about? Members of your body. Feet, yep. Hands, eyes, yep. Yep, mouth, tongue, that's a big one. Anything else? Yes. Yes, mind. Heart. Yep. These are these are members of the body. Um, your thoughts uh, within your mind. Um, you mentioned your your feet and your legs. The words. Your eyes. So physically, from the head down, obviously there's different members of your body. Your your ears um, can be used as members uh, depending on what you choose to listen to. Right. Um, your, your eyes are, are a very important part of our body that is a member that um, can, can definitely uh, lead us to sinning and, and unrighteousness. Um, the first sin ever commuted on earth by a human was what? Who did it? Eve? And what was she doing with her eyes? After the after the fruit, she she looked she heard right she heard what the what the certain serpent said, but she looked at it and it looked good for her to eat it, right? And, and her eyes were used um, as members of sin to unrighteousness. Uh, eyes are a big one, you know. As as men, we always think about it as we those are used to look uh, women lustfully, and that that's a huge sin. Um, there's, there's multiple ways that you can use your eyes. Uh, watching someone either on TV or maybe while you're driving your car and they do something you don't like and you get angry and you get mad, that can lead you to sin. Um, the eyes are the windows to our soul and uh, we, we see everything with them. There'd be probably a lot less sin without your eyes if you plucked them out and find sin Find sin in other ways, obviously, um, but that that's a big one. And the lust of our flesh is is very much driven by our eyes. You can use your arms to to steal stuff, pick stuff up, take something that's not yours. Your hands, your fingers, um, and your your legs uh, to take you places. When we were when I was a kid, um, before we were old enough to drive, uh, me and my buddy that I grew up with, we, we'd always hang out, and he was, he was a, a fun kid. Uh, we'd have to go somewhere, and somebody would say, Well, you guys don't have a car. And he says, No worry, I got my Chevrolet legs. And, uh, you know, it was just, just always his joke because he, he was a runner and he could get there quick, and his legs would take him to places. Our feet, we, we stand on them, they're our foundation. Um, they they point us and t- and take us to the direction on which our our minds and our thoughts lead us, um, and then yeah, there's there's our thoughts, and and what runs through our head, and um and, and what's in our heart, and then what's in our heart comes out of our mouth, right? And, and so these these members, we can be presenting our members as instruments of unrighteousness through these ways. Um, the mouth is is talked about by Jesus himself as um, one of those members that condemns us. We're condemned by our words, by the things that we say. I I also grew up with uh, the saying that my parents taught me, uh, that y'all probably familiar with. But sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. And and they taught us that to toughen us up, right? They taught us that so that um, we wouldn 't be so concerned what others said about us, so it may have been with the uh right intention but the um, the thought process on that isn 't quite correct because our words don 't just condemn us they can or, or hurt us they condemn us to eternal hell if we aren 't in christ um, the The lesson <laughs> don 't worry about him he 'll be back. <laughs> A little bit of a distraction. Um, the uh, the words that we use um, are, are held against us. When we stand before God as unbelievers at that judgment seat, that's brought up in the book that he's written in our lives. And he will go over those words. And as believers, um, those words can be sinful and, and we need forgiveness for those. Um, but if we're using our mouth and our tongue, which again represents our heart, if we're using that um, to, to present these members as, as pieces of unrighteousness, uh, wh- what are we doing with that? Why are we doing that? Why are we using our mouths to say things about others or about people or about this, this group or that group um, when we, we should be using our mouths as uh, the opposite of that? Right, we should be using it to um, to preach the gospel, to share the good news, to edify our brothers and sisters, to up- uplift one another as um, members of righteousness versus uh, unrighteousness. Well, um, I ask for forgiveness for my sins, although I know I'm forgiven because um, I I want to acknowledge. What I have done, um, even as a believer, I want to acknowledge my, my sin. Um, I want to heed to Scripture, and, and that is my authority. And if I'm learning and, and reading and, and know what Scripture says, and I see that I've sinned, or if I already knew that I sinned, um, I still want to ask uh, God for forgiveness as um, something that, that I do to, to humble myself, um, and to um, acknowledge that, that He is holy and, and He does expect us to live um, a righteous life that although His grace will, will continue to abound, we grieve the Holy Spirit, that we grieve Him and grieve His heart when we continue in sin. So that that's really why why I will do it um, because what he has said is, is true and his word is righteous and if I'm sinning then um, I need to acknowledge that and, and give him the glory and the praise um, to acknowledge it and really try to change um, ask ask him to allow me to be more like his son right and it opens up that relationship for us to um, go back to him but he's as believers he's always there and he doesn't leave us but we we can tend to turn our back on on him and it allows that to to be reconciled did you have another thought joseph yeah mm. yeah. yeah absolutely you are right it, it's it's for us um and it helps us reconcile our relationship back to god because our hearts are convicting us um but god is there and and willing and and he loves us he he loves us so greatly and you can see that as you know everyone that that has children and and you're a parent over those those children um and that that love doesn't go away um, it's it's there, but when the child recognizes something that they did wrong, and 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 return begins to obey what direction you've given them, um, it just it allows them to come back in in a loving manner and in a humble manner, and as a parent, that's probably one of the best feelings you can you can get is when that child does that um, versus the opposite. And you start just shaking your head and going tsk, tsk, you know when are you gonna learn um but yeah it, it's definitely there for us and it and it helps greatly um, Sin can stunt your your growth and and your relationship with God not because of him but because of ourselves when when we allow it to reign and drive us in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the what what master were those members serving in the old nature? Were they serving uh, Christ? Were they serving sin? They were serving. Yeah, and they're serving themselves, ourselves, as as born into Adam's nature. We are sinful beings and, and just sinning as we, as we live. Serving ourselves, which is serving sin, which is serving the evil one who, again, deceived Adam and Eve in the garden. And it goes all the way back to that. Okay, God's will in plain sight. So those same members are now able to serve God. So that discussion we just had about all those members of your body, from your mind and your heart to your head to your toes, all those members are, are now new, and they're now able to serve God. Um, they were once dead, but resurrected and alive now as as useful tools, tools for God. Um, he can he can use them and uh, take those members and and use them for anything that he wills at that point, and we are participants in that. So um, it's it's a change of the nature, and it's a change of the reason that they are there. So what are some examples of how a member was once used for one nature and are now used for a new nature? Mm Mm-hmm. Sure, okay. So, yeah, your, your feet could, could take you somewhere um, where there, there's fighting or, or there's war or there's destruction. Um, you know, maybe, yeah, and, and so putting today's, uh, what, we're, what we're dealing with this year, maybe someone's feet that was an unbeliever was taking him to, to the riots in downtown Salt Lake and they were, you know, going in there and, and trying to t- turn over police cars and, and do all that stuff that we've seen around our country. And then God changes their heart, and now their feet is going to be used for, yeah, and you name it. Yeah, maybe their feet are used to go back to that, right? But instead of doing what they were doing, they're sharing the gospel, right? Okay, so we talked about feet. What else? What other members, once used for sin, are now used for righteousness? How else does that look? Right. Yeah, great example. We can be really quick to give our opinion, um, whether it be just vocally or, or maybe on Facebook, right? We we are quick to put that out there and to be loud about it and to make everyone know how we feel and what we think. Um, without even thinking it through, a lot of people will do that. Um, and it it's just glorifying to the self. And then as a believer, that can be switched around to... Not being the first to speak up and, and listening and thinking it through. and Maybe speaking a little slower. Maybe saying a couple less words. Um, maybe being less opinionated and, and more just truthful with that as well. Okay, what else? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it does have to do with our mouths. Um, and if we really think about it and look at it today, we we should still be able to see that our mouths are used for quite a bit of sin still, even as believers, um, the things that come out of our mouth about, you know, a, another family member or a church member or, um, you know, maybe one of your neighbors or one of your parents or a brother or sister and just the things that, Something they said or did or something that came up made us upset. And we have, we have some thoughts about that. And we still use our mouth in many ways um, that isn't edifying, that isn't glorifying to God. Um, but again, our, our, our words are, are a big deal. And, and they mean a lot. A lot more than, than what the world wants us to think they do. What about our eyes? How can our eyes be used? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So, how would we use our eyes now to um, be be something that is righteous for God? Yeah? Okay, very good. I didn't think about that. That's a great one. Reading our scripture. What else? Yes, coveting. Thank you. Yes, that that's where I wanted us to go with that. Um, so back into the middle of verse 13. Um, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So our eyes can be used for so many sinful things, and everyone in the past um, has done it, and the Bible has done it, and we've done it. So how do we use them for, for God's righteousness? How do we present that member as something to glorify God? And that's what I was hoping we'd get to, is seeing what we have, seeing who we are, seeing what God has done, seeing other people in our lives, um, and being content with where we're at, being content with what we have and being content with our scripture, um, not allowing covetousness to reign, right? Because we're not supposed to let rain, let sin reign in our mortal bodies and we can through our eyes easily. So if we're going to replace that sinful um, ordeal that, that we allow with so many things, even it, it could be a burrito, Right? <laughs> It could be a car, it could be a house, um, it can be a piece of jewelry, um, it can be uh, obviously uh, men or women, um, a lifestyle, you know, someone might be jealous that this this person has this family and their parents are all alive and everyone's healthy and no one's got COVID and, you know, their family has struggled through so much and they've lost three people and just that seeing that and being upset about it and being jealous over it um the 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 reverse of that is what we can use our eyes for to uh glorify God um, also seeing others in need I thought was important um as we meet people our neighbors and people at the grocery store um and and just people out on the street you know we see someone walking here that we don't recognize and just seeing that person as a creation of God that that he has placed on earth um and and seeing the need that they have of him we can use our eyes for that and yes Joe yeah yeah that's Beautiful, absolutely. Especially here in this state, we have so much to look at, um, and it's just amazing what we have here. And uh, being able to see that and praise God for it—yes, that that is a beautiful, perfect way to to use our eyes um, in that manner. Um, seeing seeing the needs for others—you know—if you see someone hungry or thirsty or, or hurt, um, you know that needs help. Those those are other ways. With our eyes, so our eyes and our mouths are big ones. the rest of our our physical body is driven and directed by our thoughts and our hearts and our minds. so we we do what is in our hearts, and when we let sin reign, then we we let that um, old self and and the the physicalness of a of us drive us to that when when we remember that we're not slaves to that anymore. Then we can live for Christ, and there's so many other things that we can do, and and praise God for that. It's it's a whole different mentality because He's changed our hearts, and we gotta we gotta realize that. And it, it is a battle. Um, this battle has begun at the time that God plucked you out of uh, your eternal death, and you are now a believer, and and placed you as His. Um, his person that he has uh pulled out of that that death and that sin, um, the battle's still the battle's there. That's when the battle really begins, because our, our mortal flesh is fighting us when our eternal um hearts that God's placed in us are are our new master. So it is a battle. Um, let's see. There was a couple of good verses to go along with that. So I'm going to flip over to Colossians 3.5 real quick. And if someone can go to Romans 12.1. I'll read 3.5. Colossians 3.5. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immortality and more, immorality and purity passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. And then Romans 12.1, you got that? Okay, very good. And then if one more you can write down, 1 Peter 2.24, Another good memory verse, 1 Peter 2, 24. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his wounds you were healed. Okay, so those are relating to verse 13 there. Really good verses. Now down to verse 14. Um, still very exciting verse for for sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. So, short verse, but, but exciting and, and wonderful as well. And the, the gospel's in here again. Um, but it's a new master, therefore it, it's a new mission. Um, again, Paul's pointing out that sin shall not be master over you. This, this is a, um, just something that we're going to struggle with our whole lives, and, and Paul's reiterating it here again and again and again through, through chapter 6, and it, it's, it's here to, to look back on what he's already taught, and it, it's here to give us a foundation for what we're going to see moving forward through this chapter as well, but we, we can't forget that as believers, and it is easy to. Uh, the more we learn about sin and our lives and and how much sin are, are in them, it sure seems like that sin will and is a master over us. And there, there are some that we will struggle with that that are just really, really, really hard to get rid of. Like Mark said, oh, I've done that 35 times. Is he going to forgive me this time? And the answer is yes. Uh, but again, we don't want it to rain And it shall not rain, is what Paul says. It shall not rain. So we continue that fight, and we continue that battle. Um, Some of them are going to be sins that go away uh, almost immediately or after a short period of work, and it's easy. And those are um, battles that God allows us to win through him and and for him. But it's, again, like children. You build them up. Um, you, You allow them to do something that's, uh, simple and short and easy so that they get confidence in it, and then as they they grow and you do more, the the things that they do and you teach them are more complex, and it takes longer, and it's harder, and some things you just don't get. Some people don't get math. Some don't get science. Some don't get English, and we struggle with those in, in school. Some don't get any of them, especially when the words are like this, you know, upside down, and um, it's... It's the same thing when it comes to the sin. So it will feel like it is master over us. And it, and it probably does for many continue to be master because we allow it. But we shall not allow it because it won't be that master over us. We have to remember that dead souls only live to sin. So when we were born alive in these mortal bodies, we were born what? Sinners, dead sinners, right? Our spiritual... Eternal lives and health with God was nothing because of the nature we were born into. Because of what Adam and Eve did, that's passed down, we can't get away from that. So we are born to sin, and our souls are dead to God at that point. But the souls that we have now have been bought by the blood of Jesus and are alive to serve a holy God. Um, so he—he, he, that's why we're born again. That's why Jesus said one must be born again, and we we should know that, um, and we should teach that to our children, and we should preach that to ourselves and uh, everyone that we come in contact with. Again, but again, we're we're only in chapter. Six. Of course, there wasn't chapters when Paul wrote this, but there's so much meat in here. It's great to read through quick and you should, but we, we gotta do what we're doing now. And we gotta stop and slow down and just dissect this piece by piece. And um, you know, Mark and I are just we're we're going through it at a speed that at first we thought was gonna be super slow. And and now it seems like we're flying through it. Oh, there's so much more to these three verses that we could sit here and discuss. We could probably, you know, really, really draw this out um, because there's a lot there. But but this isn't the only time that we should ever study Romans. Okay, so we're going to get into it now, and we're getting somewhat deep into it. But not there's more. There's more that we can squeeze out of these verses um, and our souls that that God has now bought and and renewed, given us new hearts, uh, they're now alive. And our new nature is no longer under the law. So that old nature was, right? It was um, condemned by our, our, we were condemned by our sinful nature, um, and we were under the the law, and, and God's law is there because he is a perfect, holy, righteous God. And he, one, has to be, because he is the creator. Um, Two, he says he is in his word. um, We don't want a God that's not perfect and holy and and righteous. That would be something less than what his word says that he is. That's less than what Jesus says that he is. We want that. But that holy God has to be just and, and has to... Um, be just with sin, okay? So what I'm getting at is the life and the soul of an unbeliever um, as a perfect holy God, he he can't accept that. He can't allow darkness to be there. He can't allow it to be in his presence um, because of his holiness. And our old nature was of that stance with him. And so his, his justice uh, condemns that nature. It condemns everyone from all aspects of life in that he is perfect, and he must be just to that. But he is also perfect, and when he, his son came down to live the life that he lived on earth and... Fulfill that law completely from beginning to end. Every one of those laws that were, were given um, for, for all the Jews, he fulfilled everything, right? He did, he did all of it perfectly, uh, in the perfect manner. And then he got punished for the, for the rest of our sins, all of our sins, the sins that we continue to sin in. And he paid that price, and he spilled his blood, and he died, and he was buried for three days, and then he rose again. So because that is imputed to us, now we are under grace. We are no longer held to that standard. We are now under the standard of grace because he did that. He did it for all. Um, He's allowed us to accept that and believe it. And now we are his tools. Now we are under his nature, and we're allowed to go and um, do do these works, these works um, that are glorifying to Him. Um, they are instruments of righteousness to God. Now we're allowed to do that because we're under grace. Sin's no longer master over us. Um, there there is nothing holding us back from being those instruments of God. Now we're under the new covenant. Um, so Adam's race was, was judged by God under the law, but now our new nature in Christ is under grace because of the gift of, of Jesus' sacrifice. We're, we're in the new covenant. This, this is the new covenant that, that we have with our Lord. And he loves us enough, um, to, to do everything he did. And he loves us enough to give us this word and allow us to study it. Um, he, he loved Paul and those people enough, um, to give him the ministry that he gave him that just it looks and sounds so amazing um, and, and so glorifying to God. And we'll continue, as we go through chapter 6, we'll continue to dive deeper into this and, and pull more out of it. Um, and all the way up to verse 23, which is a verse that we use all the time when we're sharing the gospel and we're going, uh, you know, people say, go through the, the Romans road with with others in um, the last verse in this chapter, 23, for the wages of sin is death. We usually explain, we usually say that part um, and leave out the rest of the verse. But the free gift of God is eternal life and Christ Jesus our Lord. But it's all building up to that. And it that verse is so big and it means so much as we get through this chapter. Um, and and again, Paul's just building this, this foundation that uh, it's so important to have each each piece in there and to understand that. Because the wages of sin are death, and if we if we are never saved and regenerated, and we think we are, we don't think we are, but we continue in the sin, whether it's the master over us or we're, it's not, um, the wages of that sin is death, and it is um, and and Paul's just keep keeps building this up to explain that more so that we understand even further that. God did provide the free gift in his Son, and it's eternal. And then into chapter 7, we'll see Paul and how he struggles with this himself. And it'll really, if you're feeling guilty over some of these lessons that we're going over, again, we're in sanctification. This is the part of uh, Paul's letter here where he's. this is the part that we participate in, and this is the part that uh, we grow in, and it's not supposed to fill easy and it's not supposed to be an easy thing that we just glide through and it's no problem anymore because we're believers. This is the part that grows us. And um, we should all know that that things that hurt the most will potentially allow us to grow the most. We've heard Mark's story with his dad, right? And how how much that hurt and how far that set him back and um, just how that changed his life and and how God accepted him back and brought him back, and was just waiting for him to re- repent and and to say sorry and to come back to God because God's relationship was always there, um, but but you know in Mark's situation he wasn't willing or ready at that moment, and I've done the same thing, I've been in that same same boat where I turned my back on God for years and years and years and years, um, and and He never left me alone. He never, um, you know, just completely let me over to my own, my own selfish desires either. So, it's it's important that we go through this again. It might make you feel guilty, but Paul brings it all back in, um, and in, in chapter seven, if you think you're not as righteous or as perfect as him, then he he still goes into all the struggles that he has, and it makes us realize, okay, we're human. We're like Paul. In lots of ways, he might have done this 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 mission for God. But again, he's an apostle. He's setting this up for us, um, so that this word and the, the scripture can be shared for for all the generations to come. So, three verses. Again, important stuff. We'll continue on. Keeps getting deeper and deeper. And Romans is is going to get more and more fun. And there's so much more to, to go back and understand. But as we go through this and you have your notes and the next time you do it, the next time you go through it, whether it be in a, a group study or by yourself or, or wherever that's at, whatever you do, you'll remember this. Even if you feel like you forget now, as it goes, you go over it again, you'll remember more and you'll get new stuff out of it and you'll you'll get more life out of it, too. And it's encouraging as we continue to go through this. Okay. Does anyone have any questions or feedback? A couple verses to go with 14, just if you want to write them down, would be Romans 8.2 and 8.12. Romans 8.2, 8.12... Romans 7, 4 and Romans 7, 6 are good to look up if you get a chance as well. Romans uh, 7, 4 and Romans 7, 6. Great. Okay. Thanks, everyone. It was fun once again. Close us in a quick prayer, and then we can go fellowship with our brothers and sisters. Lord, we thank you for your word, and thank you for just giving me the opportunity to, to go through this um, with my family here. And I pray that, Lord, we can all take this and, and learn from it and work, to work together um, to, to help each other grow. Uh, we thank you for uh, just the perfect word that you've kept for us and allowed us to have in this nation that we can study it in, in this church that we can come together and and be together and learn it, Lord. I pray for those who can't be here today. Um, I just pray for their health and their safety. And we look forward to seeing them when they come back. And I pray for the rest of this morning, Lord, that we can lift our voices and our hearts and do an act of worship to you together. In Jesus' name, amen.